Before we get into the show and introduce today's guest, I would just like to thank United Medical Credit for being sponsors of this podcast and of the Business of Dentistry. As a matter of fact, they have a special offer for Business of Dentistry members, 0% merchant fees for the rest of the year, and 30% discount for life after that. You can get that special deal by either going to DocOffInvestments.com and clicking on the deal section, or by going directly to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD. Thanks again, UMC. Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffpower coming to you from my studio here in Alvin, Texas. Today, I'm really excited to bring on somebody who has been a friend over my, my last couple of years and honestly, since I first started doing the podcast, and that is Mr. Paul Edwards of Cedar HR Solutions. Uh, Paul, thank you for coming back on the show. I really miss chatting with you, even if you are a drummer instead of a guitar player, you know. Well, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, we, together we're like a like like a two man band. I guess I guess it's better than a one man band. We should get the band back together. I've got a smelly old van out back. We can, yeah, yeah. I'll be. Does it, I'll, does it have shag carpet? Um, it has no carpet in it, Chris, so that it can be <laughs> um, rinsed out at the end of each tour pretty easily. Oh, well, know. that's that's actually probably way better than the old shag carpet. Yeah, one, exactly. you know, with the with the pilot's chairs in the back. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, you know, since the last time that we talked, there's been so much going on. Uh, and I always meant to bring you back on the show, but one of the two of us was always so busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID, Paul, COVID. So we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to talk about any rule changes that have has- happened on a national or a local level that people need to be aware of uh, whenever it comes to COVID. Uh, we're going to talk about 1099 versus W-2 employees who, what, when, where, how, and why, mm-hmm. and can you? And then last, we're, I'm sorry, we're going to we're talk about that last. And um, second, we're going to talk about a little something floating around the internet right now called the Great Resignation. Um, evidently, we've lost 20% of our hygiene workforce overnight. So yeah. I'm going to want your opinions on that too. So why don't you start us off with COVID? What, what the hell has been going on, man? This world's gone insane. I know, man. And I know we're all burned out on this subject, but it keeps coming back around and it's, you know, it's an HR thing. So uh, kind of give everybody, you know, as of today, the state of where the rules are um, and what um, everybody should be paying attention to. So let's start with, um, there are several states that have laws which um, employers have to comply with whereby vaccinations are required in some form or another for healthcare workers. Um, There are several states that have laws in place um, on the other side of that, which sort of forbid you from, as an employer, from having any kind of a vaccine mandate in place. And so the first thing I have to tell everybody out there is got to have your HR professional. You know, you need to know, obviously, you know, which state you're in. You need to get in contact with those rules and those laws in your HR professional and make sure that they're keeping you updated because they're changing regularly. You all know that you read the news and you know, what's true today may not be true tomorrow. For example, Maine put out a rule that said everybody had to be vaccinated 
and um, and they and they specifically added EMS and dentists to the rule uh, a couple of days after they put the rule out, and then just a couple of weeks ago they redacted that and took the EMS people and the dentist off of it, and hmm. so you know it it's changing. It's 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 kind of a it's kind of a moving target. So know your state laws and comply with them. Uh, generally, your local health uh, department and their website is going to be very, very, very helpful for you though, for those things. Um, in all instances, so in the, in the third instance, um, um, Chris, is the um, states that have no laws, that for, they're neither, they neither speak for or against. And in those instances, as an employer, you can pretty much make up your own rules. So you could say, I want everybody to be vaccinated. I don't want it. You know, I'm not going to require it. Um, you, you can, you know, you get to kind of make the rules up. In all of these instances, whatever you do, you need to be consistent. So you want to make sure that you understand, the, again, you're, gosh, I'm going to say that like 20 times, probably, you understand the rules. And then when you write your policy that it is, it is in compliance, and, and therefore, by being in compliance, and writing the rule down, you become consistent and you apply it to everybody. So does it mean, if we say that everybody who gets hired now must be vaccinated, does that mean that we have to then have everybody who is currently working for us be vaccinated? And if they aren't vaccinated, what are the consequences? Or what are the, um, what are the other things that could come into play? So that takes me to the next thing, Chris. The next thing that comes into play, which is you, is, is you really can apply this no matter where you are. So state with no rule, state with rule, state with a rule against it, it's still okay to require people to mask up, you know, be, you know, you know, mask on their face, over their ears, Chris, make them wear one, you know, what, back I mean, of their head. Yeah, back of their head, whatever, and testing. So you can require that people not come to work sick. You can require people to be very careful um, and you can require people to prove that they are not infected. So that, that's applicable um, uh, across the board. That's kind of where we are, you know, across the country. Um, well, you know, Paul, you, you brought something up there that just really kind of um, made the fireworks go off in my brain. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about this previously, but this is one of those triggered events. Uh, like you were saying, uh, if you make a new rule that says employees must be vaccinated, is, is that all employees or is that just new hires? Um, because it, it, in a very real way, it could be a triggered law. It could, it could be. And, and so you remember I said you want to be consistent. So in that mm -hmm. instance, if you're going to make all new hires be vaccinated, then you're going to want to have your employees be vaccinated. Now, there is one other thing to consider. There is a, in, in all instances, you, an employee can exclude themselves from your requirement based on um, one of two things. There's a religious exemption, and then there's a medical exemption. And right. again, you know, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole on both those exemptions. The medical one is easier because you can require a note from a physician, you know, from a medical professional that says, hey, this mm -hmm. person's exempt. You really don't want to ask why or, you know, keep going down that path. Um, some of the states, though, that uh, who require a vaccine won't let that note come from just any old medical professional. So, you know, you're, you're, chiropractor and or your massage therapist or your physical therapist can't write an exclusion, you know, to get them out of the vaccination. So you still need to understand those rules and comply with it. On the religious side, um, it's much more difficult 
That's a minefield right there. It's a minefield. If, if they say they have a religious issue, just back away slowly. Yeah. And, and, uh... and, and, put, and put, make them wear the mask over there, you know, everywhere and, and, um, and, um, and have them test on a regular basis. Now, if you do have them test, if that is your requirement, then you are required to pay for the time in the test. So, you know, it, it, we are getting some, I think, fairly reliable over-the-counter tests if you can get your hands on them. Um, you know, so if you want to swab and do a 15 minute and they sit there and wait until they test positive or negative, um, right. that, I think that that's okay. Now, there were some now issues. Those, those snap tests still will not actually show if you have Delta yeah. or Omicron or the new variant Delta Crom, which that, so that's going to be a fun one because it, it combines two of the mutations. Yeah. Um, so not a perfect solution to any of this, but I, you know, I just wanted to share Chris and I just want to let you guys know, obviously it's still going on. Um, you know, the biggest call, the calls that we're getting, we're getting calls from employ, we're getting calls from employers, you know, cause we have 2,600 members across the country. They can call in, they can get close in support. They're talking to a HR expert. We understand them, their number of employees, you know, the rules in their state or in their area. Um, and they'll call in and the problem they're having is, is they've got maybe eight employees, two are not vaccinated and will not get vaccinated. The rest of them are vaccinated and one or two of the vaccinated employees are saying they're upset. They're, they're, they're pissed because the other two aren't. And, and, right. you know, look, it runs the gamut. They're not just upset. It's not a political thing. They're upset because they're vulnerable or they have family members at home that are vulnerable. And they're just like, I don't want to bring, you know, I'm just doing everything I can. And right. so, you know, they're saying, and, I'm and, gonna... and that's, and that's a good, that's a good thing to remind people of is mm -hmm. that if you are vaccinated, you can still transmit the virus. It's, it's FYI. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, you can talk to your blue in the face, but you know, you can't make people do something. Um, and so what we're telling folks is, is this goes back to those policies that we talked about and being able to show to the employees who are kind of upset at the other two employees that we're doing everything that we can here. There, we you know, maximum coverage. We're, we're, we're following protocols. We're, we're testing. We're doing everything we can. We've made it clear. Look, here's a policy that says if you're sick, don't worry about it. Don't come to work. If you're feeling any of the symptoms, please don't come to work. Here's Here's, you know, in our case, we're giving extra time. We're just saying, it, look, if you test positive, if you think you're sick and you're out of, uh, if you're out of sick time, if you test positive, we're still going to do a few more paid days. I mean, so, doing everything that we so can. Paul, that's, that's something that does come up a lot. Um, I've actually seen three or four posts in the last week mm -hmm. about whether or not employers are still required to pay for time off if someone has COVID. So talk that to us is, a little bit about that. That is state specific. Okay. And so for, for a direct requirement whereby there is legislation, which contained in the legislation says that you must pay for time off. That is state specific in the two states that you should be most worried about. And I, there are others, but I California, every, yeah, California's one, Colorado's the other. Really? I was yeah, thinking it was so, going to be New York. You, you got, you, well, you surprised I, me on that I one. I think we may have a New York city rule. I think we may have a DC rule. I think there's a few out there. Again, I don't, I, I don't, I keep a lot in my head, but it, I, I'm not keeping all right. of those in my head. Well, right and now. I sprung the, and I sprung this topic on you too. No, usually, so, you, usually yeah. you have plenty of time to prepare and you've got this stuff down. 
And, and the other thing is, is, is the FICRA pay, which was the federal program. Well, that ended back last year. And so even if you're required in California or Colorado to make these payments, you're, you're not going to get anything back for it. So it's, it's going to be out of pocket. But even then, everyone, there's caps on it. It's not, you know, every time someone gets six indefinitely over and over and over again, you have to keep paying for it. So, um, you know, understanding those rules and complying with them is important and also important for you. So that's one of the biggest complaints we've been getting. You know, other employees are upset with other employees and the manager and the owner are caught in between. And, um, you know, the, the, they give an ultimatum, which is you got to pick between them or me, but I'm going to quit if you don't make them do. I mean, it, that's how it comes out. And all you can really do is try to assure and reassure the vaccinated employee in this case, who's complaining that you're doing everything you can. Here it is. It's documented because heaven forbid you, you, you know, someone gets sick and they try to blame it on the other employee and they blame it on work and they suck you into it. And, and when they do that, that's when all of this documentation and, and communication and following the rules, that's when this stuff pays off um, because it will, if you're doing everything right, you're just not going to get in trouble over this stuff. Well, that brings us to another kind of a touching on the COVID topic, which is the great resignation. Yeah. Uh, evidently everyone in the world has lost their will to work, but you told me, that's not so. And let me tell you why. And I said, hold on. I want to hear it on the air. So okay. give it to me, Paul. Why was I wrong? Okay. So one of the things that I, I'd like for everybody to understand here is that a bunch of folks have left the workforce and it's being reported as a bunch of folks left the workforce. But if you drive down into the department of labor numbers and you look at the, at, at the, at the way this is happening, most of the people who have left, I mean, literally left the workforce are people in their mid to late 50s and 60s, and they're just done. They've decided they don't want to work under whatever conditions are going on. They've decided for whatever reason that they've got enough income, partner's income, their own income, and they just think they can get by with, without working. And they make up a huge chunk of this 20% that folks have been talking about. So now when we take those people and we push them to the side, what we're left with are people who are resigning from one job and they are looking for a better job or they are trying to open up their own business and, and have their own and do their own gig. Well, I was going to say, whenever older workers begin uh, retiring like that on mass, which is really something that we expected to see previously, but recessions and depressions have kept that from happening. Yep. Um, it seems to me that there would be a situation created where there's great a great deal of upward mobility for a lot of these younger workers where they didn't have it previously. And so, yeah, there's definitely going to be some people crossing the lines, you know, going into the, the yard next door because the grass is greener. Um, I, can, I can definitely see that happening. Well, when you, look, when you look at your own practice or your own business and you see your, you know, a bunch of your hygienists and some of your employees leave you either for work for someone else or they just leave you and it's like i'm not doing this anymore um it feels like it's happening to you it feels like it because it is happening to you because people are moving jobs but here's the thing the great resignation is actually the great job hop people are moving from one job to another now whether or not they're going to go try to work for themselves and by the way god bless them 
Every, every doctor out there who's listening to me right now is an entrepreneur in your own right. You started your own practice and you know exactly what it means when someone says, I'm going to go out and start my own business. You know how hard it is. And you know that a lot of these folks are going to struggle. Um, and a lot of them are going to try to start their own business and have to get another job. I mean, rent still due, loan payments are, you know, every, every you know, life is still lifing along. So what I'd like for people to be thinking about here is that your create your, your job, even though it doesn't feel like it, if you've just had some people leave you, a job in dentistry is a good job for people who are hopping from other industries. When I say other industries, I mean someone's been working for a grocery store. They work 52 hours a week, seven days a week. They don't exactly know what their schedule is from week to week. Their benefits aren't great or non-existent. They are constantly kind of on call, you know, because that's what's going on in a lot of businesses. And I could say all the negative things that I could say about that kind of a job. And there are plenty of those kind of jobs out there. Well, if you're open four days a week, you should put that in your job ad. If there's no work, weekend work, you should put that in your job ad. If there's benefits, if you finally said, you know what, I'm going to offer benefits because I'm tired of losing people. I'm going to pay for all the health insurance. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to pay for it and stay profitable. You get your house in order and your little, your ring to catch those people and, 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 and receive them and hire them and build them up. And, and very likely, if you're if you're hiring outside of the dental market, you're going to be saving a ton on labor. Now you you're could. still you're also going to be having to pay to train these people because yep. you know it takes time. Just put into put into place some really really good training systems to make sure they get trained up correctly. Check your local and state laws to make sure that you can train a dental assistant. And they don't have to be certified. I'm I'm assuming right. California has to have be has to be certified just because they're, they're California. Right. But, you know, other than that, just look at your loss, train, train people from the, from the ground up and you'll get exactly what it is you deserve, whether that's what you want, you'll get what you deserve. Well, it, you know, the other side of this is it's not all, you know, butterflies and zebras. I mean, you can't just hire a, a, a hygienist from a grocery store, exactly. you know, that, that, that doesn't exactly. work. That is a problem that is um, shared. So if we all, you know, if misery loves shared company, then, then that's going on. And I don't have a cure for that. I know a lot of people are talking and thinking about it, but um, it's- I know a lot of doctors who are doing their own hygiene now. I know. Um, you know, wages have gotten so high now that um, I'm gonna pick on California one more time. Um, hygienists out there are getting $75 an hour, but reimbursement rates are $58 for a profi. So yep. hour and a half, for $58 profit, it just cost you 210. Yep. So, well, you know, the other it, side it of that, real problem. You, you could be thumbs wet, pulling down $500 every 40 minutes, and you're in someone's mouth doing profies is not a, a good trade off exactly. either. So exactly. I, look, I this too shall pass, I guess is the only guidance I could give on this. But um, I just want people to I want you to look forward and I want you to be positioning yourself to hire the good people who are hopping from one job to the next, because I do believe it's going to settle down. Hey guys, now a quick word about our sponsor. I'm really excited to announce that we've partnered with United Medical Credit to offer an exclusive deal just to TBOD members. 
Now, United Medical Credit is a patient financing provider with unique waterfall lending process. It allows them to approve a much wider range of applicants. In fact, the widest range of applicants in the entire field. I've been using United Medical Credit in my practice for a couple of years now, and I'm seeing great results. They really speak for themselves. I see at least 30% increase in the number of patients who are actually approved whenever going through UMC. And the best part is, patients are accepting treatment. More acceptance, more patients means more revenue. Right now, they're offering TVOD members a special discount of 0% merchant fees until the end of the year. That's right, until the end of 2021, you get 0% merchant fees charged. And they're gonna give you a 30% discount for life after that. Now, if you wanna claim this offer for your practice, go to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD, or as always, you can go to Dockoff Investments, click on the deal section, look up UMC, and register. Thanks a lot, guys, and UMC, Thanks for sponsoring. All right, great advice. So, Paul, the perennial question. Mm. It comes up every single time we do a podcast. Right. Every right. single time. Right. Guys, we're going to talk about independent contractors versus W-2 employees. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Who can be an independent contractor? Where can they be an independent contractor? How do you have to treat them to be an independent contractor? What are the rules involved? So let's talk, Paul. Okay. I, I don't mind going over this, and I do understand um, why people need to hear this, you know, over and over again. And especially when um, you, you know, you have so many people in your group and you're constantly adding people into your group and they're, you know, they're new and they haven't heard this conversation before. We certainly go through this, and so I, re I really don't mind going over it. So a 1099 is um, is a tax treatment, and and an, it's an IRS treatment, and it, and it's a Department of Labor treatment. So there's two different sets of rules about who can be an independent contractor for a company. And the IRS has their opinion. And of course, um, and, and then of course, the Department of Labor has their opinion. Now, a lot of the rules are the same and they cross over one another, but here's the main thing that you need to keep in mind. If the person that you are bringing into your practice to work for you is doing the work of the practice, then they are not an independent contractor, they're an employee. It's, it's very simple. If, you, if you're bringing, let's go at the highest level. If you're a general dental practice and you're bringing in a, a person to work for you who is a dentist to do general dentistry as an associate, they're your employee. They're not an independent contractor, okay? Now, if you're in the middle of Montana and uh, you know, you're the big practice in the area and everybody comes to you and you have people who, uh, um, I don't know. They need some kind of specialty service from someone. Maybe they need surgery. Um, you know, maybe you have somebody who comes in who's a, a surgeon and they get out all the impacted molars or do whatever it is. You just kind of line them up for them. They come in every third Thursday or once a week. They, while doing dentistry, are not doing the work of your practice. They're a specialist. And that person can be and is, in fact, an independent contractor. 
What if so, I just don't like class two fillings, Paul? I know. I want to be an associate just for class two. If you just had someone doing class two fillings, I think that if that's all they did and they came through, you could call yes. them a specialist and they could be a 1099 employee. This this is a dream come true, dentist. Listen, I, I it. you can bring in a GP. They just make them do all your class twos. Yeah, they just do the <laughs> class twos. You line them up and off they go. Now, look, part there, now we, we can, so let's branch out into the rules a little bit. Let's talk about that surgeon. Um, he or she uh, comes in your practice and works in your practice for a certain number of hours, a certain number of days a month. They also leave your practice and they go work for other practices. In other words, they're on a circuit. That's what they do. If there's no work at your practice, there's no work for them, right? In other words, if we don't have anything for them to do, then you just call them and say nothing for you to do this week and they skip you. And so they can experience a loss based on the business that's going on. So they're not hired by you. They don't get a flat fee. They don't have anything worked out with you. It's if I do the work, I get paid. And, and then you guys have some kind of arrangement for that. Um, the fact that they work at other places does not make them an independent contractor because that's where the next aha comes in. So someone will come in and say, but the guy that I hired to be my associate, he's an independent contractor, right? Because he works at two other practices or one other practice. And he's got his own LLC and he asked me to make him an independent contractor. Okay. A, you're the employer and nobody gets to ask you to do anything and they can indemnify you of it. So you have to make the determination as the employer. It always comes the, the poop flows, which way doc? <laughs> it, it all goes downhill, baby. It all, it all goes, goes down. downhill. Yep. And yours always standing that way. So you have to make the, the determination it's on you. And just because they work in another practice does not make them an independent contractor. If they are doing independent, if they are doing general dentistry at another practice and they are doing general dentistry at your general dentistry practice, then what they are is an employee of those two practices. And they are not an independent contractor of either one of you. The other one is not your concern. Okay. So, you know, take it, take a little bit further. You, I think you all know in your heart that just because your front desk administrator works at two other businesses as a front desk administrator, she can't come in and tell you she's an independent contractor and just get you to cut her a check. Now, why do, why do people care or why do, why does the government care? Why does the department of labor care? And why does the IRS care? Well, the IRS has told you. I, I was going to say, I, to interject there, if you're yeah. asking um, frankly, I think that the reason they care about it is because of social security. Well, um, yep. because the social security coffers are going to be empty without the money that's getting paid into it now, which we'll never get. Yep. Um, and we're going to have a huge disaster in our hands. I, that, that's the big red flag for me. Well, the, I have another big red flag that's down that line, which is if we run out of that money and people need that money and can't work and they're in their old age, gosh, I'm headed there as fast as I can get there. What are we going to do without the money? I mean, I think we we decided that when people get to a certain age, they ought to be able to retire with a little bit of their own money and a little bit of assistance. And so that money's got to be there. So that's why the IRS cares. And that's why um, they, they want you to take the taxes out, pay your matching taxes, put the Social Security in. Because when that independent contractor, mis, mis, misclassified independent contractor turns 65 and comes for the money, they want it to be there for them. Um, and if it's not there for them, they become a different, we all become a different kind of burden on, on, on society. So never mind the, that 
personal view I have of, of you know, paying into the system. The fact is, is that you're required to pay into the system, collect their portion of the taxes, put the taxes in. And when someone is allowed to uh, file taxes as an independent contractor, as we all know, we're independent contractors, uh, Chris, you know, in, in the end, we get the advantage of the tax code which means we get to write a lot of stuff off, which means we get taxed even less. And the IRS cares about that. The Department of Labor cares wage an hour um, because they have their own set of interests when it comes to protecting employees and, 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 um, and you know, providing workman's comp and all these other things that are supposed to be in place. Um, you know, they, they have their own set of rules. So, when you misclassify someone, if they're not paying their taxes properly and they get audited, all they have to do is point at you and they're out. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get hit with the penalties. You're going to have to cough the money up and, and it's going to be a problem. So, so something I've never done, but I have read that you can do it from mm -hmm. relatively re reputable sources too, <laughs> is that you can actually self-exempt whenever it comes to Social Security and Medicaid. I have no idea. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring a lawyer on a tax lawyer to talk about that. Get a tax um, lawyer. There's a whole yeah. lot of tricky things you can do. That all those all those those tricky ass lawyers know all of them. So well, you still, to but that lawyer. wouldn't change how they would be classified. So even if that no, person, but 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 so far as your so far as you go yeah. though, as an owner, that you can do that. But I have heard I, stories. I've heard stories, Chris. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know any details. I, I've, I've never been willing to do it and take the chance, you know? So I, I was well, just curious if you, if you knew offhand. I don't, and I haven't seen it come across my desk, but probably because I've, I've yelled not yet when I, when the problem has been presented to me. Um, did, so, go, go, well, go ahead. go ahead. What was your question? You know, it, there's, there's a problem whenever there's two really polite guys in the same room, we're just yeah. like, no, 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 after you, after you, after you, after you. So, the, uh, the question I had was actually in regards to um, independent contractor again. Uh -huh. um, one of the things that people uh, talk about is if, uh, if a doctor makes their own schedule, they're an independent mm -hmm. contractor, or if a doctor brings their own equipment, they're an independent contractor. I think there's some misunderstanding that those are criterion for being an independent contractor, but in and of themselves do not make an independent contractor. That's true. So all of the things on the list are not, don't have to be true. So the list is ridiculous. It's like 18, 20 things. So you don't have to hit them all, but likewise, you could hit any number of the combination of the things that are on the list and still not qualify as an independent contractor. So it, it is a, I, it's not, I don't want to say it's a case by case basis because it's really clear if you're doing the work of the business, you are an employee of the business and there's, there's no way around it. And that leads me to the, the next one that people use, which is duration. And it, it typically this shows up in working interviews and there's a, there's a rule out I was, there. I was holding back about asking <laughs> about working interviews because it's one of my favorite ones. I know the answer and it drives me nuts that people yeah. don't seem to get it, but, um, Run with it, man. Okay. The $600 <laughs> rule is an IRS rule that says that if you pay certain people less than $600, that you don't have to report it and you can just give them the 600 bucks and you don't have to do all those things we discussed about matching taxes, withhold or do any of that stuff. And that's a great rule. It has nothing to do 
has nothing to do with what happens when someone steps through the front door of your business and starts to do the work in your business. And so a lot of people say, well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to try you out before I buy you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to an agreement with you and I'm going to pay you some fixed amount. My accountant's going to issue a 1099 and we're going to give you uh, uh, 300 bucks to work for the day or for two days, or we're going to give you whatever it is and we'll write you a check. Well, the, the, again, it's, it's just a total misclassification. They were your employee as soon as they stepped across the door. That, that is just without a doubt true. And, 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 and that employee can turn around after having worked for you for one hour. Yep. And they can file for unemployment insurance, people. They can. And, and they'll get it in some places. And misclassifying them as an as a, as a independent contractor didn't help you. And what no. it also did is it opened you up to all kinds of liability. Like, what if they were a pedophile and they helped you treat some kids and somebody finds out that they work temporarily in your office and their child was in there? Or um, what if they hurt themselves? You know, workman's comp is insurance. And you know what insurance tries to do? It tries not to pay. And so if you hire them as an independent contractor, your workman's comp does not cover them. Well, and it, and it gives the insurance an excuse, right? Oh, yeah, no, it gives, them a, looking for. It gives them a really good out. And I, a lot of folks are like, well, it's just so much trouble to hire somebody and put them on payroll. But is it is it really that hard to have them fill out the I-9 and, and the W? And, and yeah, yeah. Correct me on this one, because the $600 rule, I used to be a contractor in another life. Mm -hmm. And um, I always thought that the reason that they had that was basically for a handyman. You know, you have a small it job is. that you need to be done at the house. And that's what I thought. I, that's because that's how we used it. Because we didn't, you know, have to fill out a W-2 to fix someone's yeah. door. Yeah, that's that's basically what it what's, what it's intended to do, is to give some kind of an out for those minority payments that you make um, when it comes to services in your in your at your home, but not in your business. Um, all right. Fantastic. I think I covered well, all Paul, the bummer. Is there anything else? I was no. going to say, is there anything else you want to cover? You got any bonus material here, Paul? No, I feel like I've been the HR bummer guy today. I've, I've been like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. I, I actually, I want you to do something for our members. Okay. So, Paul, I know you'd love to have more business and have people get you to write their their do's and do not books. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they're also their employee contracts. For dentists, mm -hmm. you guys do that as well. Yep, we do associate um, Do a lot of stuff, and I'm going to actually ask you to list as much of it as you can remember that you, you, you today. But uh, before that, I'm going to ask you big give here. I would like a one pager, a flyer, 1099 versus W2. Yep. That you make up in PDF, brand it with Cedar, put your contact information on there. Give it to me to post to the group. And every time someone asks the stupid ass question, I am going to post it. Uh, I and and your it. name will live on in legend. Chris, <laughs> I already have it. It's called the independent contractor cheat sheet. We've had it in existence forever. And, it, and so I will did, send it to you. Did you just so say you can't? Pretty much. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're like me, you want to know all the details. You want to know why. And then you want to ask, but why? But why? But why? And so I have all of the whys in there and I will provide it. Um, I'll also give you a link to the um, update that we talked about on on uh, on uh, FICRA and, co and the COVID stuff. Um, and, 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 you know, folks, if you, you know, if you want to come over, we're all about education. So we're about education first.
So if you want to come over, come to the website, cruise around, we're going to give you an opportunity to join our Facebook group, which is HR Basecamp. It's all HR, 24-7, nothing but HR, really a cool group of people, some great problem solvers in there, and we are constantly monitoring it and, and answering questions. And, and guys, more to the point, you may want to get your front office staff, because I don't know about the rest of you, but my butt puckered when I heard 24-7 all HR. I got a little bit sick inside. You know, that's not the kind of group I'd want to join as much as I love Paul. And he gives the best information, guys. He really, really does. Um, I think that everyone should get their front office staff to join. Because if you have a manager, you should send them over because they'll learn just sitting there and being, you know, even a fly on the wall, but they can ask the questions on your behalf. Um, and you I know, think a lot of times dentists are afraid to get their team involved in learning these things. But in reality, it's to keep your ass safe, guys. Because if your team knows the rules, they can say, hey, Doc, we can't do that. They're there to protect you. Now, if you hire the kind of people who are simply going to be there to entrap you, well, you deserve the people you hired. Yeah. I mean, look, we work with the American, um, the American Association of Dental Office Managers. We work with a, a lot of dentists engage with us and then put their managers out in front and have their managers engage with us. So we're, we're always talking to managers and, and dental owner managers. So, I mean, our primary, everybody's like, well, you guys do handbooks. And I'm like, well, no, what we do is we provide customized specific uh, solutions to HR problems. We do it in a one-on-one -on -one service with people. Now, sometimes we can write a guide and hand it to you and you can get the answer from us. But most of the time, there's some kind of human issue going on there. Something, you know, it, it is going on. People are different. You can't always apply the same issue. We do have to do customized employee handbooks for you because every state's different and we need for you to be in compliance. We need a really good platform to work off of. So really we're a problem solving company who do, and then we do an amazing job of not only just customizing the book for you and with you, we also train you. So that's when you get your manager involved. We also train you guys to use these tools so that you're good managers, not just good little rule followers, because it doesn't work. That doesn't work. But understanding the rules while you're being a good manager is a, is a powerful tool. So we, you know, we help you with everything that has to do with HR. You can even get stuff like payroll from us. We do HIPAA training as part of our membership and it is a membership, Chris. So it's pay one thing and you're not billing. We're not billing you by the hour. Some of you use me. Oh, a lot. And others of you only need me every now and then we fit for, you know, we're, we're a good fit for either one. We've got really good software. We'll get you in our HR vault for free for absolutely free, which is kind of mind blowing. We've got really good, robust timekeeping, you know, again, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting Chris to sleep, but it's, it's HR and I'm excited about this stuff. So. Well, Paul, it looks like we actually got a couple of, all right, guys. So if you do have any questions, Go ahead and drop them down below. I'll be glad to get them to, over to Paul for you. Or like he said, you can go ahead and join them on their their Facebook group, which is called what, Paul? HR Basecamp. And Paul, I want you to list out all the services that you guys provide now, just like top to bottom. Top to bottom. Okay, so uh, you're going to get close in help and support with all of your HR problems with solutions. We do a lot of the work for you. You're going to get a, uh, an employee handbook written for you and with you. So you have a lot of say in it. So it's fully customized for you, 
number of employees, the state, local, uh, local laws that are that uh, that apply to you. You're going to get HIPAA training. Um, you're going to get a very robust HR system, online vault, where you can have your employees sign and acknowledge their handbook. You can keep notes. You can, you know, that filing cabinet. Well, we put it online. Um, you're you're also going to get access to all kinds of guides around hiring, around managing people. We're doing a lot of strategic business HR planning conversations in 2022. So uh, it, you have access to that as well. You also have access to some great associate agreement coaching, and we have an associate agreement available to our members. And um, we can get you good discounts on other things that are associated with HR, like background checks. We have a really strong partner there. And we also have a payroll partner who we can help with too. I think that's everything, Chris. I think that's enough, right? right? I, I, I think that's quite a bit. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so very much uh, for joining us and listening to the sound of my voice drone on. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Um, my pleasure. Really, really excited to get to talk to you. And guys, you'll see a lot more of Paul really soon here. We're going to jump back into answering some Deer Doc questions that have to do with HR and um, just, you know, make us all a little bit smarter. So... Paul, thanks for coming. Chris, it's a pleasure. Even though I had to, you know, you know, even though you're a guitar player, I still like coming and talking to you. But yeah, I know, I know. But hey, I did get a drum set now. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but evidently I just attract drum players into my life. Sean Hamill's a drummer as well. So the guy you, from Art of Dental Marketing. What are you going to do with a drum set? You can't play it. You're a guitar player. You can like, I know, two, but you can do two things. You can do one I, thing with your left hand and maybe one thing with your right hand. What about your feet? Uh -huh. I could, I could stamp on that pedal. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, it, it's, I, I got it from my daughter. Um, she, um, she decided she wanted to beat things and make sounds. So I said, Hey, I, I, I know that instrument. Smart kid. One. I like her. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for joining us on the Deer Doc podcast. And um, we look forward to having you back again sometime really soon. Thanks for all your support. This is Doc Huffpower signing off. Do you feel like you are wasting your time and money marketing your dental practice? The fact is most marketing companies are not focused on your best interests. They focus on their profit. At Art of Dental Marketing, our engagements are month to month, allowing you a low risk and foundational level to build trust as we build real solutions. Right now, TBOD members can enjoy exclusive discounted pricing on our ultra fast websites and local SEO services. Visit us online at artofdentalmarketing.com or call us at 913-214-8502. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.